0: scoops with danny Mac, the podcast on 101 espn
1: this is scoops with danny Mac and the tuesday edition of the show on 101 espn i'm dan mclaughlin And as always, our producer, Colin Surrey. My guest today will be Mark Saxon, baseball writer from The Athletic. And we'll get into the latest in the baseball negotiations, if that's what we want to call them. Last night, ESPN had the commissioners of the major professional sports on to discuss, uh, discuss the return to play. Really interesting show. And then there was Rob Manfred from baseball. The difference in hearing their comments as opposed to Manfred was some of the most compelling TV I really have ever seen. It was really good. There were fans that tuned in and there were baseball fans waiting to hear Rob Manfred say, hey, we're gearing up. We appreciate your patience. We're getting close to a return to play. We appreciate the fact that there are 40-plus Americans that are unemployed. That there have been over 100,000 American lives lost due to a pandemic. That social unrest has gripped our country like never before. And it's our responsibility as a sport to get back on the field like never before. We owe it to you, for you, the fans, no matter what, to get back on the field. Instead... You got this on the latest on the negotiations between MLB and the Players Association.
0: It's just a disaster for our game. Um, Absolutely no question about it. Um, It it shouldn't be happening. Um, And it's important that we find a way to get past it and get the game back on the field for the benefit of our fans.
1: So understandably, over the last three months, you may have had more important aspects in your life going on during this pandemic and then you got hit with that and then you got hit with this
0: would you describe your feelings as confident that there will still be a season i'm not confident
1: uh, uh mike I, I i think there's real
0: risk and um as long as there's no dialogue that real risk is going to continue so if you were hundred percent last week and you feel less certain what percentage do we feel now You know, Mike, I do learn as I go along, um, given how long my 100% prediction lasted, I'm not going to handicap it again, but it's something less than 100, that's for sure. Well, we're going to try to open um, a a, a line of communication with the MLBPA. Uh, We'll be communicating uh, with them in writing today about um, some of the things that need to be done in order to cooperatively get back on the field. And we're hopeful that we'll get a more positive response um, to that overture. What is the last time that you had conversations with Tony Clark, or that the two sides actually talked? Um, A week ago Sunday was the last time we talked in person. There's been written communication since then, but that was the last time we talked in person.
1: Embarrassing. Embarrassing for the sport, embarrassing for all involved. Manfred's comments come just five days after he guaranteed there would be a baseball season. So you as a fan were told, we will have baseball. He guaranteed it. He said, quote, I'm 100% certain that's going to happen. He gave baseball fans hope and then tore it up last night. If you're a sports fan and you continue to watch the show on ESPN... Then you got this from NBA Commissioner Adam Silver.
2: You know, a lot of people pointed to the the financial component of this, and and Damien, I know, is coming on. He can speak to this. I mean, the incremental difference between, at this point, playing and not playing isn't nearly as great as people think, especially given the enormous expense in putting this on. Really, it's it's more a sense from the entire NBA community that we have an obligation to try this because the alternative is to stay on the sidelines, and the alternative is to... In, in, in essence give in to this virus and well on one hand this won't be forever and there this there, we will ultimately find a vaccine presumably or some sort of you know antivirals that will help deal with the people who, ha- who have the conditions of COVID-19 that for us you know we feel this is what this is what we do you know we put on NBA basketball we think that for the country it'll be a respite from enormous difficulties people are dealing with in their lives right now and i also think in terms of social justice issues it'll be an opportunity for nba players in the greater community to draw attention to these issues because the world's attention will be on the nba in orlando florida if we're able to pull this off
1: the number one thing he said there we have an obligation to do this we have an obligation to do this and he's right and also, what a blessing for Adam Silver. He looks at the lineup and he says, "Wait a minute, I get to follow Rob Manfred on this deal." Huh. Thank you, thanks ESPN. Also, he said, "For the country, this is a respite, and the world's attention will be on the NBA. It's on our sport." Man, clearly he gets it, and it also made me think. And as a you know, I'm watching this, it made me think that maybe it's time to ask Rob Manfred and Tony Clark from the Players Association to step aside, get out of the way. As Manfred said, he hasn't talked in person with Clark for over a week. Why? Why? The players should be on the field right now. They should be in spring training 2.0. Meaningful games in early July. Now, I get it. Comparing the sports is a bit unfair because they got uh, nearly 90% of their season in. But Adam Silver has made a point to engage his players. They are his partners in business. And his players know it. Adrian Wojciechowski of ESPN.
2: LeBron carries more
1: weight than any player in the league. He's the most influential player, maybe in professional sports. I don't think that overstates it certainly in the NBA, and um, I think among the players of LeBron's elite tier, you know, the all-NBA superstars, uh, you know, certainly especially those on teams who are competing for a championship, who are the contenders, Giannis Antetokounmpo, you know, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, uh, Anthony Davis, uh, LeBron James, they're all determined to play and, and plan to play. So you have LeBron of the NBA. He's got a voice. Who's that guy Major League Baseball has? Is there a Major League Baseball player that steps up, makes a stand? Now, it's fine to tweet out when and where. We're ready to go. Many baseball players have done that. So what? Who can get the attention of an influential owner and make the difference? who acts like a true partner right now with an owner, and vice versa. There isn't a partnership between these two. Buster Olney of ESPN. Because of the distrust <laughs> and because of the suspicion, uh, you know, on Major League Baseball side, they are absolutely frustrated with the union under Tony Clark's leadership where they feel like, look, we want to do some horse trading, we want to do some barring, how come we can't engage more and I think that that frustration has built up so much over the last five years, and this is to me an absolute worst-case scenario for baseball and for the players' association, for that matter. If that frustration has gotten to the point where the owners just say, "You know what? You guys don't want to deal. You don't want to talk to us. You don't want to engage. Then we'll play the long game, and and we'll just basically sit in place. And then at some point, we're going to get conditions where we can put in a better financial model." That may take a couple of years, but that's where I'm worried that they're sitting right now. Now, I've been saying this since day one when the pandemic hit. They may not be able to even play because of the virus. This is going to be extremely difficult to pull off all the sports. Logistically, it's a nightmare. However, the damage has been done in the court of public opinion if you're a baseball fan. It has been been tone-deaf by Major League Baseball, and they just don't get it. Mark Teixeira, former player and current ESPN analyst.
2: Yeah, guys, it's, it's really unfortunate, mm. and I'm kind of sad.
3: I kind of I feel like I'm living in some sort of bizarro world, um, and, and we have a, a situation where everybody in the country is saying, guys, figure it out. Compromise. Sit down and talk to each other. And both sides refuse to do that. This is not a normal labor negotiation. And, and like you guys just said, baseball's in a very tough spot. It's a very fragile business right now. And, and they're killing whatever is left of the goodwill that fans have for the game.
1: Hold on. Hold on. Is it really that tough? Should it really be that fragile? Let's just step back for a second. Let's just step back. And think about this for a second. This is a four-month outlier of a season. This is not a four-year CBA extension. This is about what's doing right for your customer, the fan, that helped make this a $12 billion a year industry for you to share in a year ago. Those are the people that are hurting right now and they need you to help them and you've decided to bicker over every last nickel and this is on both both the players and the owners there are no winners in this negotiation none not one and i'm going to say this too there are people that make their livings off this industry has either side thought about that have you thought about that The thousands of workers that count on this game outside of the players and the owners. All I continue to hear about are the players, the owners, and the fans. What about those that continue to make a living off the game? It should be about the fans, and it should be about those that rely on the game. I'm sick of the tweets, and I'm sick of hearing about the money. Stop. stop 12 billion dollar industry you're talking about four months of an outlier of a season and this is on both the owners and the players the owners refuse to open up their books so the players don't trust them the players went pro rata now they say they won't come off of that we're in a pandemic And you wonder why we're hearing about this every single second? This is not 1994. Because we have Twitter. We have Facebook. Players can go instantaneous with their reactions. Rob Manfred may have done us a favor last night with his ridiculous statements. He may have cost the owners 10 more games, 15 more games. Because fans are upset. So you may have 50 games that they were going to say in the back pocket. Yeah, we'll play 50 games. Well, now you're going to have to make that up. Now you may have 50 games of a regular season. They're going to say, boy, we got we to gotta make that up because people are really mad now. Let's add 10. We'll defer it. Let's go to 62 games. Yeah, that's going to make people happy. I'm telling you, we're going to have baseball this year. They cannot afford, with what's going on in the PR battle, the court of public opinion, It is a nightmare. You're going to have to play baseball. You're going to have it. It wouldn't surprise me one bit. 24, 48 hours, an announcement comes up. And because you had to add games, potentially, because of what I'm saying, and you're running out of time, and the fact that they're saying that people are testing positive, and some of the areas you want to go play in, numbers are going up with coronavirus. Second wave may be coming. We don't know. Time's ticking. Got to play. Got to get them on the field. Nobody is winning in this. Neither side. Man, oh, man. Wake up. 573 scoops. As someone who works as an usher at Bush, I'm disgusted. All we've gotten is lip service and empty promises. I do understand that you're frustrated. I am upset as well. Believe me. Believe me, I'm upset. Now, my understanding is that the Cardinals did try to get some money to those at work at the ballpark. Good on the Cardinals. And I'm going to say this about the DeWitt family. Mr. DeWitt uh, made those comments last week, and, and people were frustrated. My feeling is that he would probably like to take those comments back. He did not get into the specifics of what he was talking about. Clearly, the franchise is worth a ton of money. He's been very good to me. He's been very good to a lot of people for many, many years. He cares about baseball. He cares about this town. He cares about the fans. He cares about the future of the game. Believe me. 314, Danny Mac is the best. Thank you very much. Best hour on radio. Appreciate that. I'm frustrated as a fan. I get it. But there are no winners in this. None. It is. This is on the owners. This is on the players. This is both. This is a collective, poorly handled situation. And I said this with BK yesterday. We could be going through all this, all of this, and they might not even be able to get on the field. All these sports may have to be shut down because of the virus. The virus will dictate this before the economics. And it's a shame. What about the NHL? The commissioner of the NHL was on last night. That's Gary Bettman.
4: Players are going to be tested every day, as will the supporting personnel. Uh, and if there's one positive test, again, this will be under the strict guidance of the medical people. Uh, that person will be isolated and we will be monitoring anybody through contact tracing that was in close proximity. Obviously for any sport, if you have a major outbreak, it's going to change everything, but we're being told that an isolated case or a couple of isolated cases shouldn't interfere with the plans uh, and we should be able to move forward. And again, the notion and the way we've handled this is to create a bubble where where we're basically COVID-19 free. And we now open training facilities, and players are returning literally from all over the world, and they're being tested. And when we go to training camp, there will be more testing. So by the time we get to what we call phase four, which is the actual playing in the two hub cities, uh, we should have a pretty good sense of what our population is uh, and how well they've been tested and monitored. There you go.
1: You think you can get through all that and have a season? Now, that's with the NHL, and that's with if you get started and teams being eliminated, and that's in a hub city. Now, baseball is trying to do that in cities. That's in a hub. Baseball is trying to do that in individual cities. It's going to be awfully tough, and then you have the PR nightmare that we're currently in. Not going to be easy to do. We're going to visit with Mark Saxon of The Athletic coming up. Air Comfort Service text line is open. Rhino Shield mic drop. We'll get to those later in the show. This is Scoops with Danny Mac on 101 ESPN.
0: More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN.
1: The Tuesday edition of Scoops with Danny Mack on 101 ESPN. And we have the chance to visit with one of the great baseball writers in America and a contributor to 101 ESPN from The Athletic. Covers the Cardinals, and that is Mark Saxon. Plenty to get into. Unfortunately, nothing happening on uh, the baseball diamond, but plenty happening uh, in the courtroom, maybe. You don't know, but plenty happening with, well, what's happening with the uh, Well, you just never know because nothing's happening on the diamond, but plenty happening uh, in the court of public opinion. And that is Mark Saxon talking everything baseball. Mark, uh, good morning to you. Great to visit with you and hear your voice. How are things going?
4: Good to see. Good
3: to talk to you, Danny. It's, uh, you know, if things were normal and as they should be, you and I would have spent half a season together and. Been seeing each other all the time, but it hasn't happened because of a global pandemic, and these guys can't get it together to come up with some kind of plan to play. So here we are just chatting uh, from a safe social distance over the radio, and it's good to hear your voice, my friend.
1: Yeah, great to hear your voice. Great to visit with you. This has been uh, so disappointing, and to hear Rob Manfred's comments. Last night, very disappointing as to what may happen with a baseball season. I still hold out hope that this is just posturing and negotiating. Uh, less positive today than I have been. Where are you right now on a on a 2020 baseball season? What do you think?
3: You yeah, know, I think similar in that you know everything Rob Manfred does seems to be posturing from the minute he wakes up in the morning and puts on his shirt. So <laughs> that's just who he is. I think he's a negotiator. Um, the owners wanted that type of a figure as the commissioner and they got it. Um, it can be an, an unseemly look, um, at times like this, when he's still talking about blaming the players and the players are talking about blaming him when all anybody wants to hear you and I included is here's the plan and we're on board and we want to give people something to get excited about. So do I think there's a chance they still play? Yeah, I sure do. Um, But these are real issues. You know, the 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 owners are very worried about some kind of grievance the players would sign. They simply or would file if they simply impose a season. And I think there probably are some legitimate um, concerns about the health protocols as well. If you, you know, look at the latest leak, and there seems to be one every day. Today's is the letter that Dan Halen sent to the lawyer for the Players Association saying some players have already tested positive and we're worried about the fall, the bounce back, which is why we're limiting it to September for the regular season. So it's a very complicated high wire act at this point. I'm hoping we'll see baseball games, but I'm I'm very, very, you know, far less confident than I was
1: three days ago yeah you know I've said from day one it's going to be tough not just for baseball but for any of these sports to come back now golf NASCAR that's a different story but the major Mm -hmm. professional sports uh, I'm still um, yeah I'm holding out hope I want to see it just like anybody else but I still think the virus dictates it more so than the economics and baseball's dealing with the economics do you think that if they get the economics um, done and you know they they get an agreement do you, do you still believe that baseball can happen uh dealing with the safety protocols that could be in place
3: you know i hope so um but you have to look at you know i think this is where i think sports fans are you know best served to read the news section of the paper or online wherever they get their news because let's see what's happening with case numbers right it's it's all about that and the latest reports are that i think 12 states are actually still seeing increases in cases so it is a bigger hurdle than i think most of us are conditioned to realize because our eye has been on these labor negotiations and the dollars but they haven't figured that part out yet you know in this letter that was leaked um the 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 owners are saying look you said you didn't want to be quarantined in hotels so we adjusted and came up with this but the NBA is going to quarantine guys. It's a different situation, right? They can control the players' movements a little bit better. They're all going to be in one area as opposed to in 30 areas potentially. Um, So it's a more complicated dance, and it's going to be... That part is difficult. So I guess I would say, yeah, I would still have some doubts even if they get this part worked out, and that's no guarantee. So it's just a very sad situation. I feel like you know cardinals fans st city st louis st louis region it, they don't deserve this you know this is a, it, it's we're being hit like everyone else we know how good the fans are here it's really they shouldn't have to follow this nonsense and and, they, and there should be something done to sort of give them a little bit of hope and, and something to rally behind and for whatever reason this leadership group um, of baseball is not getting it done and i think as much as you and i can sit here and dissect and 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 come up with the reasons and who's to blame. That's the bottom line. It's it, it's a failure of leadership and we're seeing that a lot lately.
1: Mark Saxon from the Athletic, my guest. Um I, I'm not sure, Mark, that owners wanna play. I, I'm not saying that with Bill DeWitt. I, I would say that Bill DeWitt wants to see baseball. I think he's a great owner. Uh, despite what you heard last week with the comments. Um, I, I realize that some fans were really taken back by that. I know Bill. I think he's a yeah. very caring person, and I know he cares about his employees, and he cares about the stewardship of, of this franchise and about the game of baseball, and that's not debatable. Um, so I know he wants to play. He wants baseball. But other owners, I'm not sure that they want to play. Would you agree with that assessment?
3: Yeah, I mean, there's certainly a, a hardline group of owners that's becoming – Quite clear, um, you know. I think that if they play, they want to play as few games as possible. But we've already seen, you know, first of all, some of these teams are, are, are not run as, as just family businesses of we want to play ball. No doubt, see it. Yeah, some of them are very much run bottom line oriented as any other corporation would be, and so you're going to have that kind of behavior just as any other major corporation would be where they're accountable to shareholders. Maybe they're accountable to their other partners. So, and the other thing, Danny, that I don't think people have paid enough attention to is look at these guys' portfolios, you know, with the stock market crashing. The guy in Oakland, Fisher, who was going to cut, you know, minor leaguers pay, which was ridiculous when he looked at the savings involved, but he's, he's the owner of the gap, right? So his, his stock, portfolio went from like two billion to one billion now obviously it's not hard to scrape by on one billion but if you see half your fortune disappear in a matter of three months you might be in a little different kind of mood right and these guys i think in a lot of cases keep score based on their fortunes and when they see them declining they're not in really a mood to give back at that point so all of that is kind of leading to this mess we're in and it's just a sad state of affairs i think for the game and i think what you have to wonder, and what you wonder if they're being short-sighted about, is whether they're over-indulging um, the fan base and assuming they can just keep you know, giving these hits to people's hopes and love of the game, and they're just going to keep on coming back for more. So we'll see if there's no season this year. The CBA comes up after next season. going to be a mess, it certainly looks like. So they're really testing people's patience at the moment.
1: I, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, let's just say, for argument's sake um there is no season what do you think happens if there is a vaccine or there's able to be a containment of the virus next year and we're able to gather and have crowds and people are able to go to the ballpark next year what kind of fan response do you see with baseball next year
3: you know i think it'll be tepid i think we'll see what kind of economic shape the country is in i think you're going to see smaller crowds regardless of social distancing requirements um But I think as they start gearing toward, you know, those negotiations again, you you would wonder if the only real um, solution, at least in terms of making fans think that people care, is a change in leadership, you know, because these guys have been yelling at each other for years now. Um, And they don't seem to have much appetite to talk to one another or to get anything done. And so you wonder whether the owners and, even the players would consider, you know, new voices. But I don't know whether that's going to happen. I don't really know the political ins and outs of how owners decide on commissioners or, or the Players Association votes on its, its uh, head of the, the union. So it, there's a lot of questions, but I think this look is not a good look, and you and I agree on that. And if we're hearing more of this noise at the end of next season, which might be a down year in terms of all the things we talked about, you know, I mean, maybe something great will happen on the field um, that'll get people really excited again. And I guess baseball, once again, can be rescued from itself. Um, but it, it could take something like that because they're not doing themselves any favors
1: at the moment. You know, Twitter is Twitter, and you, you take it with a grain of salt, in in my opinion, although it, it can hurt in a lot of ways, too, uh, depending on what you put out on Twitter jack flaherty has been very vocal quote-unquote on twitter about what's happening Um what do you what do you think about that and what do you think about how he's handled uh... his stance going forward with the club and and how that affects his standing with ownership or the front office going forward with his comments
3: it's a good question i don't really know how um... you know bill bill dewitt takes jack flaherty's comments on social media he, He's a he's a kid who's very confident in expressing his opinions, um, you know, both on social justice issues, which I think a lot of people have found welcome um, at this time we're dealing with, where there is some some change happening in society that that could be for the better in the long run, you know. Let's hope. Um, but on I, what what bothers me at times with the players is the constant tweeting to blame the owners. We get it. I mean, people typically are going to form their own opinions about who's at fault here. You know, some will think it's both sides. Some will think it's the owner. Some will think the players are greedy. That, that to me, kind of just depends, you know, what your view on that is. But to just go on social media, you know, time after time and just say, look, it's the owner's fault. Here's this. Here's that. Here's Bill DeWitt saying it's not a profitable business when the franchise values absolutely soar through the roof, you know, We get it. You know, you don't need to tweet that five, six, seven, eight times a day um, how outraged you are. I, I just think that, you know, we live in kind of an era when everyone just thinks that the most important thing in the world is that they get their opinion out there. And sometimes I just think people would be better off just listening and learning more, gathering more information. But it is what it is. We live in a social media world. And. That's kind of the shallow dialogue that we're reduced
1: to at times. I really think what's going to be fascinating going into next season, too, if you have a – well, you're going to have an off season and you're going to try to handle it normally, Mark, is – and Mark Saxon is my guest – is free agency. And yeah. if you don't have a season now, so you don't have revenues coming in, and there's going to be question marks going into next season, is free agency. And, and you're going to hear collusion again. I I think that's going to be fascinating, too, with another aspect of the financial part of this going into 2021 with then another labor agreement coming up in 2022. So, again, you're always going to be hearing from a fan's perspective about the sport, the financial aspect about it. And people just don't want to hear about it in this climate, do they?
3: Yeah, good point, Danny. You think about, you know, the winter meetings, if there's no season played, right? And Mookie Betts is going to be the big topic. Will he, you know, eclipse, you know, um, uh, 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 you know, um, the third baseman for the Nationals who went to the Angels, Rendon Rendon, Anthony Rendon, right? Will he eclipse his deal? Um, And. First of all, Mookie Betts just got traded to a team he may not play for, so there's that absurdity, right? <laughs> and then he's gonna get time, he's going to get granted that service year. So he will go into free agency. That's what it sounds like. But how much appetite is there going to be for a $300 million dollar deal with revenues down? And so that's going to be the talk of baseball. And whether he gets half that, whether he gets a third of that, I mean, I don't think anyone's really worried that he won't be able to get by on $100 million. But, again, that those are the, the talking points that we're talking off season again and, and negotiations is going to turn a lot of people off because that's not what they love about the game. They, they love the idea that Mookie Betts could play for their team but they don't love the back and forth of the leverage with the GMs and the players and the agents. And they're trying to get that extra 5 million, which is how it works. We all understand that's what they're doing. Um, They do that in part for them and their families, but they also do it because it makes the players stronger as a unit. Um, But people aren't going to want to hear more of that news. And that's all we're going to have to talk about. And we'll probably be talking about this in six months. If they don't play, and it's just continuing that off-season dialogue, which is not you know most people's favorite part of the game, so just bad all the way around. But yeah, free agency I think will be severely dampened. Um, not only you know bets may get his money, you know the top pitcher may get may get their money, but the guys in the middle aren't going to get the contracts anywhere near you know that a mediocre middle reliever used to get or a utility guy. So. It's going to have an effect on everything. It's going to make the game a little bit shabbier. I don't think it'll be played quite as well, frankly, um, when they first get back. So a lot of things involved here, and um, I I think all you can ask for is a a good-faith effort by the leadership to get something done, and we're not even seeing that at the moment.
1: Uh, I'll wrap it up with this. Mark Saxon, my guest, give me a percentage of what you think they'll do this year in terms of playing and getting on the field. What do you think the percentage is?
3: Oh, man, you know, because of the things we talked about with the pandemic down and everything, I think there's probably something like a 45% chance, you know, that we see baseball games played. But I just worry that they're too deep in calling each other names. It will take too much time if you bring in a third person, whether it's an arbitrator. So, you know, if we can believe anything they say and what we heard yesterday, I'm going to put it at below 50%, my
1: friend, sadly. Sadly, indeed. Mark, great stuff as always. Love reading your work at The Athletic, and uh, we'll catch up soon. Thanks so much. All
3: right, Daddy. Great talking to you, my friend.
1: Love visiting with Mark Saxon of The Athletic. I want to get your reaction to what he had to say and also the opening monologue as well. We had a lot of reaction early on. Want to get more of it. The Air Comfort Service text line is open for you, 65780, 65780. We'll also get to some uh, mic drops as well. You're listening to a Tuesday edition of Scoops with Danny Mac on 101 ESPN.
0: More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN.
1: Time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, 1049 in St. Louis, Rhino Shield mic drop, and let's go to Sean. It's definitely the owner's fault. Jeff
0: Passan, on his piece, did a great job stating that the, uh, the owners were willing to lose a collective $400 million, about $14 million per team. No billionaire or
1: person worth $300 million is going to not eat or lose their lifestyle or their vehicle or something for that. But last I checked, players might half the league
0: might earn several hundred thousand. That's a huge change for them. The owners need to step up.
1: Respect your opinion. I think it's both faults, players and owners. Owners, clearly, don't want to open up their books. Players, they got the pro rata, so yet they've taken a haircut, but yet I still believe you're in a pandemic. They might have to take a little bit more. I think they need to do it. I do. I think it's both. Uh, 3 so are you saying baseball and all sports shouldn't try just because of the possible issues? No, I'm saying they need to try. That's what I'm saying. Every sport needs to try, and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. I'm saying everybody needs to try. And if the virus dictates that you can't do it, Hey, at least you try. Six three six. Hey, Danny Mac. Love the show. If you get bored, you're always welcome to come do play by play for my pickup softball games. Love to do it. Uh, I've got a rate. Um, I'm at zero right now with the baseball season, so I'll bring a couple of buddies. I'm sure they love some natty light. And uh, I, if you if you have it, you know I'll do direct deposit. And then my buddies, they'll probably do twelve packs of beer. Let's go to Alec on the Rhino Shield mic drop.
0: How can you, Rob Manfred, claim? that you want to increase the viewership and popularity of the sport as you are on the knees for your owners, putting them ahead of this great American pastime that could have started on July 4th. A distraction for us normal people who are in the midst of a pandemic and civil unrest. You're ruining baseball. There's an upcoming CBA, the players are in the complete right, and they're probably going to strike again because of the greed and corruption that influences this game.
1: Well, he works for the owners, so you can be mad at them too, but uh, he's taken the brunt of it, but he came off terrible last night. Imagine if you were living in a cave. And you just happened to turn on your TV last night and watch the, uh, the commissioners come out, and you heard, um, this is a disaster. And that was the first thing you heard about baseball, and you're a baseball fan, and that's what you heard. That was awful. Steven on a Rhino Shield Mike Trob.
3: Danny, I grew up following baseball in the early 70s, and back then, numbers were sacred. If a guy reached 500 home runs or 3,000 hits, uh, it was an amazing feat and the celebrations were commensurate. Then the the late 80s and early 90s came with PED use, and the owners and players were complicit in looking the other way, and it essentially destroyed anything sacred in baseball. We've had stoppages in between, and now we're at this debacle. I don't think they realize just how damaging no baseball can be.
1: It's worse this time because players have Twitter, they have Facebook, they have Instagram, so it's instantaneous reaction Nineteen ninety four was different. You turned on your TV, five o'clock, Sports Center came on, da-da-dun, da-da-dun, and all of a sudden they said, "Bud Selig has said that the players have rejected the latest offer," and that's what you got. You got your update. Now at one o'clock, we may get an update from Rob Manfred, or you'll get a Twitter update at ten thirty, or something will happen with Jeff Passan, and you get it instantaneous. From a player, or from an agent, or from whomever. That's the difference. We're going to cross it over in just a moment here on 101 ESPN. More of what you want to
0: hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN.
1: BD Gonzalez, just like that, they're in. That is Rivs BK. I tell you what, you guys are fast on the crossover. (laughs) Wow. We just drop a ninja bomb and we appear. You guys are in. Ribs, good to see you, man. Good to see you too. How was it uh, on the ice last uh, yesterday? It was great. It was unbelievable. It was good to get back on the
3: ice. The kids that we had out at camp, uh, you know, so excited to get back out and you know, we always talk about normalcy for us the yeah. adults, right? Like what's normal? What's normal? Well, this isn't normal for the kids. Yeah. And you know, they've been kind of they've been held indoors and away from their favorite things, and so it was great to see a lot of smiles and a lot of kids getting after it. You know, a little tired at the end of the day, but which the parents, of course, were thankful for because sure. they've probably been
1: running around at home for the last couple months. But it was great. It was fun. Were you so- are you sore today? I'm a machine,
3: Danny Mac. Yeah, I don't yeah.
1: know if you, if you know that. I, I do. You, you keep yourself in great condition. <laughs> so I should have known that. Should have known that. Great to have you back, man. I appreciate you filling in yesterday, man. Oh, I, I tell you what, you are lucky to have BK. He does a great job. BK, what do you have coming up on hey, the show? The checks in the mail, Dan. I mean uh, that coming up at eleven thirty, we've got Jeremy Rutherford talking all things blues at one o'clock. Jared Diamond of the Wall Street Journal. I think he's done some great work on covering this whole situation with Major League Baseball. We'll talk with him. I I think today's a big day. For baseball yeah i think this week is a really big week obviously but i think the tide turned last night and we're going to get into that coming up in our open all right looking forward to it colin great job as always excellent this is 101 espn you have been listening to the tv voice of the st
0: louis cardinals scoops with danny mack on 101 espn